Blog Talk Radio. This is a post time with Mike and Mike production. Quaglet, Jiglet, what a race! Always be Mickey on the outside. Always be Mickey. They're off and it is on. And betting line has taken the lead. Two, two, boom! Just like that. You're tuned in to Harness Racing's fastest 90 minutes post-time with Mike and Mike. With co-host Mike Carter. Believe in the spirit? Do you believe in miracles? And Mike Bozen. Smoking Gun Shaman Hall production. Smoking Gun is flying. Here comes Smoking Gun. I don't know. That just happened. That just happened. Welcome to another action-packed episode of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Mike Carter alongside of Mike Bozich. And Mike, boy, do we have another jam-packed show uh, for you today. Uh, I'll tell you what, the last couple weeks we've uh, kind of been uh, filling the cup to the brim, so to speak. Yeah, we certainly have. And Thursdays have been a very busy day for us, Mr. Carter, because, of course, not only do we have the show at 1030, but uh, around 5 o'clock or 6 o'clock, uh, during the evening Eastern time, or at some point within that hour, uh, usually it is uh, the release of our Post Time with Mike and Mike newsletter, aptly named Post Times. And Mike, this is our third edition, and uh, this is a can't-miss edition, Mike, because uh, there's some great, great stories on there, good stuff. Once again, if you haven't uh, signed up for our newsletter yet, you can do that. Uh, sign up for our mailing list, actually. You get a lot more than a newsletter. We'll keep you up to date on show happenings and all that. Email us at Mike at Postime with Mike and Mike.com. Again, it's simple to remember Mike at Postime with Mike and Mike.com. But, Mike, Thursdays have been a pretty busy day for us. That is very, very true, Mike. And I'll tell you what, uh, it's been a lot of fun kind of putting this out there, kind of seeing what everybody's reactions would be. And, uh, you know, just kind of going from there. We also want to talk a quick second before we get into our show, Mike, uh, our good friends at New Vocations, uh, New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program. We've got a year-long kind of give-back campaign to them. Um, We want everybody to uh, go to newvocations.org and check them out. Also, check out the post time with Mike and Mike Banner. Mike, you can actually donate directly from our banner. Um, We're going to get a – I'm going to get a link uh, put on our website. Uh, for the donate now button it's a tax deductible donation and mike for just 50 bucks now check this out 50 dollar donation we'll get a horse a blanket uh, to kind of keep warm during uh, the winter months so you know make sure you stop down check out new vocations they do a great lot of great stuff for uh, retired racehorses yeah certainly and i think it's about time mike that we as an industry get really serious and and we have you know, in a lot of ways, but the really aftercare of our equine athletes is so very important. And New Vocations does such a great job, not only with harness, but uh, thoroughbred horses as well. So, uh, yeah, we're going to be working with them a lot here in 2018. We're going to be uh, trying to give back, uh, as they say, trying to give back to a sport that's been very, very good to us. And what better way to do it than, uh, you know, kind of partner up with New Vocations and, and try to make them some money and try to find some horses, some homes. So it's a very good cause 
And uh, we plead with each and every one of our listeners to uh, to donate. And uh, like I said, we're going to have something on our website here probably by the end of the day. But you can also go to newvocations.org and uh, click on our banner and uh, donate. It's a really, really good cause, Mike. Uh, very, very important that we take care of our equine athletes after their racing days are done. All right, that's enough uh, messing around, Mike Bozich. Let's have some fun. Let's 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 uh, let's let's talk a little bit of harness racing uh, this uh, this fine morning. I guess uh, it's still morning. I almost called it the after. Almost called it the afternoon. But Mike, you're you're coming out here in a couple of weeks, so uh, we'll be doing the show uh, live from uh, Ohio, uh, and I think it's uh, we're about two two and a half weeks away. So that's uh, that's an exciting time to look forward to. But what I'm looking forward to today, we have th- four interviews that we're going to do today. But, Mike, I can't wait to have Pacey Midland on the show. Uh, the Wiz, this is his first time on the program. And uh, I'll tell you what, he's the track uh, enthusiastic track handicapper at Miami Valley Gaming. Uh, he also does some work with the Little Brown Jug. And uh, I'll tell you what, uh, after the basketball game last night, I found out just how lucky of a guy he is if you saw any of those pictures. Well, let me tell you something. We have no idea how this interview is going to go. <laughs> It was so pleased. That, that I think we could agree on. You know, stay tuned because you know you never know what's going to happen. The wizard is liable to say anything at any time. But, but uh, hey, he's good for the sport. He likes to have fun. And uh, we'll be talking to him uh, probably about 11.15 or so. But uh, other than that, Mike, we've got a great uh, show, a good, good cast, a couple of guys that have, haven't been on this show before. And uh, one of them is an O'Brien Award winner. Actually, I have two O'Brien Award winners on the show today. But uh, driver Brett McDonald, who's been applying his uh, craft at uh, – at the Mohawk at Western Fair, and he's an O'Brien Award winner for Future Star. And he's actually coming up on a milestone, Mike. We'll talk about that more in a moment. But Brett McDonald will be first up here on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by our good friends at Bet America. Plus, Nick Stewart. Nick's a guy I remember uh, from Hazel Park. He used to drive a lot at the old Windsor Raceway, Mike. I don't know if you remember Windsor. That might be a little bit before your your time, oh, yeah. but. Uh, the, the home of the old tartan track, but uh, Windsor uh, Raceway is where Nick Stewart kind of got his start, and we'll talk to Nick about that. He's actually the leading driver right now at Western Fair, and for those of you that have been keeping track of Western Fair, Nick has just been lights out so far this meet, so we'll be uh, so Nick will be joining us. And then, of course, our good buddy trainer Tony Alanya. He's an O'Brien Award winner. We'll talk about his now three-year-old pacing superstar, Stay Hungry, We'll talk to him about his Breeders' Crown uh, win as a two-year-old. Plus, we'll talk about his O'Brien Award as well. So a lot coming out in this edition. But, Mike, really quick, just a couple of notes before we get to our first time out. And Brett McDonald, uh, a racing legend. Mike Howard, a Beisinger, a Hambo Howard, they used to call him, dies uh, at 94, Mike. And uh, I think this is a pretty big loss for harness racing, a three-time Hamiltonian uh, winner, uh, Ohio Harness Racing Hall of Fame member. Of course, uh, he was the driver and trainer of the great Speedy Crown, not only a great uh, trotter, a Hamiltonian winner, but was also a great sire. And Howard stayed pretty good shape as, uh, as he got older. Mike, I was, I was reading the USGA article, and towards the bottom at 80, when he turned 80, he went parasailing, and when he turned 90, he went uh, hang gliding off a lookout mountain in Georgia up 3,000 feet. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Listen, if me and you are still doing that at 90, somebody please your God, uh, you'll know that there was like a gun to our head because uh, I don't know that I could parasail anywhere. 
Absolutely not. And we're also going to be drawn for a post time with Mike and Mike had over the last couple of days. We've been on pretty active on social media, and basically the rules were simple. If you signed up for our mailing list, we put you in a drawing this morning for a post time with Mike and Mike Hat. So we'll be doing that a little bit later on as well. When we come back, it's Brett McDonald. It's our first commercial timeout, and the show's just getting started. It's post time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. At Bet America, we don't do promotions only for new players. As a regular player at BetAmerica.com, you can take advantage of several promotions each week. Go to BetAmerica.com slash extra and visit our promotions calendar and find out how you can get double wager reward points on our featured tracks. It's just another reason why it's time to play the Bet America way. Embroidery Unlimited is a premier provider of quality embroidery, screen printing, and promotional products. Our commitment to quality and pride in our work is second to none. We focus on quality and customer service. For all of your stable or business needs, Embroidery Unlimited is the number one provider in harness racing. Give Jim Winsky a call at 508-485-5522. That's 508-485-5522. Or visit them on the internet at EmbroideryUNL.com. That's EmbroideryUNL.com. Embroidery Unlimited. Have you checked out the new Meadowlands Racing and Entertainment? The Meadowlands features world-class harness racing every Friday and Saturday night beginning at 635. You can dine in pink, a restaurant that combines tiered dining with amazing views of the racing from every seat in the house. After the races, stop by Victory Sports Bar and Club, where you can bring the action and vitality of all your favorite live sporting events to an upscale place. Victory boasts 40 HD TVs, including 11 big screens for your viewing pleasure. For more information on live racing or to book your reservation, call 201-THE-BIG-M or visit PlayMetalands.com. New Vocations Resource Adoption Program. Retrain. Rehab. Rehome. New Vocations focuses on adoption as the optimal solution for the large numbers of horses that leave the track each year. The program provides rehabilitation and transitional training to prepare the horses for a productive life beyond racing. Each horse is evaluated for temperament, soundness, and suitability to help ensure a successful adoptive match. New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program, celebrating 25 years and over 6,000 horses placed. Learn more at newvocations.org. Mike Bozich here along with Mike Carter for Pacing for the Cure. Do you or someone you love with multiple sclerosis have a difficult time paying for your MS medications or need medical equipment such as a wheelchair or scooter? Pacing for the Cure can help. Please visit the pacingforthecure.org website and complete the mobility aid application. If eligible, you may receive funding. Again, that's pacingforthecure.org. Mike? Are you a harness racing trainer, driver, or owner? Please join the list of those who pledged in 2017 for the $1 per win challenge. The 2018 challenge has begun and wins tally from January 1st through October 31st. If you are interested in joining the challenge, please email jeff at pacingforthecure.org. Thank you, drivers, trainers, and owners. Once again, that's pacingforthecure.org.
of this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America. Mike Carter alongside of Mike Bozich. We're going to be joined here momentarily by Brett McDonald. But Mike, I'll tell you what, uh, that bumper kind of uh, replays our season, uh, so to speak. We'll be doing some uh, road tripping with a few live remotes, and uh, we'll be coming out with that schedule hopefully within the next uh, couple of weeks. I just have one request. Next time when we and, and we are badly in need, by the way, for new bumper music. I don't think we've changed bumper music in quite a while. But next time in our next round of bumper music, can we just throw out anything that's country? Oh, <laughs> why? Why would you I, do that? I was afraid you'd say that. Why All right. would you say? Why would you say that? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. What's wrong I, with country? Actually, you know, I have to say I'm kind of warming up the country music a little bit. I'm kind of warming up a little bit the country music. So, listen, <laughs> you know, listen, listen. The road trip and song it fits us perfectly. We'll be, you know, we do some road tripping through the year, so that works out. Yeah, we we've got uh, we've got uh, we're we're putting together our live remote schedule again, and uh, I'll tell you what, we've already got uh, some uh, some great tracks. And some great races, and uh, stay tuned for that because we're going to keep everybody up to date on that. But, uh, but I'll tell you what, it's taken shape pretty nicely. And stay tuned to our website and our social media, uh, Facebook and Twitter and all that good stuff to keep track of that. But first, let's bring in an O'Brien Award winner driver, Brett McDonald. Brett, how are you, my friend? Good, you? Not too bad, Brett. Listen, we certainly appreciate you joining us. This is your post time with Mike and Mike debut, so to speak. So before we get into kind of the driving particulars, tell us a little bit about yourself. How did you get involved in the sport of harness racing? Uh, my dad had horses. I was always around them. And then uh, whenever he went places to race, I was always there with him. So that's how I got involved. Now, Brett, uh, you won an O'Brien Award as an up-and-coming driver uh, just a few short nights ago. Talk to us a little bit about what that award kind of meant to you. Oh, it was a dream come true. Um, Only, like, a handful of people get those types of awards. So to uh, be with that group, to, to get one of those, it's a big thing. Now, Brett, you're also coming up on a little bit of a milestone. You have $975,189 in career earnings, which means you're coming up on that million-dollar mark. Now, have you even thought about that yet, or is that kind of breaking news to you? <laughs> uh, that's breaking news. Actually, I have, I, uh, I never looked, so I didn't know that. But that's well, so cool. that's good. So, well, that's good because you know a lot of times if you start putting milestones in the back of your head, then you you know you start you know feeling that you you got a a little bit of a monkey on your back. But you've been driving a lot of obviously in Canada. I've been seeing you at Western Fair quite a bit. As a matter of fact, you also had a chance uh, a couple of weeks back to uh, do the uh, little pregame show with Shannon Sugar Doyle up there at at Western Fair. First of all, let's go track by track. Tell us a little bit about London. Tell us how you have to kind of adjust your driving style a little bit different there as compared to some of the other uh, Canadian tracks, if you do at all. Yep. Um, I don't know. you got to be a little more aggressive, I find, on a half. So the post, it means a lot. Um, you got to make sure you put them in the right place because it doesn't open up as much on a 5.8. Like, on a 5.8, you can drive them a little differently, and it opens up down the lane a little more. But at Western Fair, I find when you come off the turn, there's not that much uh, real estate left, so you got to kind of make sure they're in position. Now, Brett, obviously uh, there's a lot of big races up in Canada, a lot of big grand circuit races uh, throughout North America. Is there any one race specifically that uh, you would like to win, either if it's in Canada or even in the United States? Uh, I'd say PEI, the Gold Cup and Saucer. I'd like to win that one. 
You know, and that's interesting because a lot of drivers and a lot of horsemen say that, and it's what makes it so interesting about it is it's not one of the races out there that, you know, in the grand scheme of things, it really doesn't go for a whole lot of money, but it's it's just the atmosphere and the way they do things. And, and uh, you know, the, the spotlight even at night, I mean, when they when the lights dim and they show the horses in the post spread, I think that is just one of the coolest things out there. Brett, you're still a young guy. What do you see, Where do you see yourself in 5, 10, 15 years? Where would you like uh where would you like your driving career to go um i I don't know i'd hope to be able to drive every night like and be at the best that i can be and hopefully uh if i keep doing good and everything like that hopefully i can get there all right. Well, Brett, listen, we certainly appreciate you joining us, my friend. One final question for you. We we know all the young guys kind of have their mentors, the guys that kind of uh, taking them under their wing. Is there any driver in particular that you look up to or even a driver that you watch on the racetrack, one of the veteran guys that you, you kind of try to emulate or look after? Uh, growing up, I always watched John McDonald. That's my cousin. And uh, I always watched him and did things or tried to do things that he did because – he was a really good driver, so I tried to pick up on things. I tried to pick up things on everybody, just the little different things they do to help make horses go faster. I try to pick up on everything. And I do actually have one more question for you, my friend, a little bit on the lighter side, and I did a little bit of research on you, and that includes when we put our graphics together uh, for social media. That includes going through Facebook pictures. And uh, going through years, I've noticed that uh, you had a – you had a, a – some kind of mascot on the cart that you were driving around with you in a couple of those pictures. What was that all about? Oh, uh, that was a Rito. We did the, they had a, the baseball team for Rito. Mm-hmm. They uh, sponsored Rito Carlton. So I got to take the mascot around the track for a couple of turns just to well, show that, everybody that the was, mascot. Was, was he, was he nervous? Uh, yeah, he was. <laughs> So he had to break character a, a little bit. Good horse to do. Well, he, so he probably so he probably had to break character a little bit. You probably had him a little nervous when he started going. About, probably going about what about twenty twenty five miles per hour or so. Yeah, a pretty good clip we were going. <laughs> All right. Well, Brett, listen, we certainly appreciate you joining us, buddy. Best of luck to you in the future, and we'll certainly keep tabs on your success. Thank you very much. All right, that was Brett McDonald, O'Brien Award winner. And uh, I'll tell you what, I've uh, Mike, I've been watching this young kid drive a little bit at uh, Western Fair, and uh, he's he's going to be a good one. He already is a good one, but uh, you'll be hearing that name uh, quite a bit, I think, over the next couple of years. Yeah, definitely. He's got uh, some interesting uh, styles of driving, and he kind of watches other uh, watches other drivers, and that's that's kind of key, Mike. If you you know you look at a program and you don't know who Brett Miller or some of these uh, bigger names are, and don't know their driving style, um, it's nice to know that uh, that they're kind of uh, going through the book, trying to figure out who people are and kind of how they drive, so that way you can kind of learn yourself. All right, plenty left to come on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Coming up at about 11.15 or so, it's one you're not going to want to miss. It's the Wizard, Pacey Midland. I think most people might know him as the Wizard. So uh, how are you going to address him? Are you going to address him as the Wizard or Mr. Mister Wizard or Sir Wizard? Or how are you going to address him? Good question. <laughs> I, have to, uh, I have to think about <laughs> think, that one a little bit. Listen, I think the question is, is how is he going to address you? <laughs> well, let's not All go right. there. All right, Nick Stewart's coming up next on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike plus Tony Alanya, another O'Brien Award winner. Much left to come 
Don't go anywhere. We'll be back in a flash on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Twelve championship races. The captain, not to be denied. One spectacular night. And Father Patrick got a coast home a champion here. Breeders' Crown 2018, coming to the Downs at Mohegan Sun Pocono. Searching up the rail, modern legend there, foiled again, dead game, clear vision laid on the outside, Pet Rock on the inside, photo finish, foiled again, and Pet Rock together, run, 49 and 2. Attention. You're tuned in to the Bet America Radio Network. Host Jason Bean brings you new shows every Monday through Friday. We bring you the best personalities from across the racing world with extensive interviews, commentary, news, games, and more. The barn is revolutionizing what horse racing radio can be. And you can hear new shows at BetAmerica.com or just search Bet America Radio Network on iTunes, Spreaker, Stitcher, or iHeartRadio. Get in the barn. Are you interested in learning more about owning standard bred racehorses? Do you want to experience the excitement of driving a standard bred? Owning a racehorse is a once-in-a-lifetime experience and not as difficult as you may think. The United States Trotting Association wants to help make your ownership dreams a reality. Contact a member of the Ownership Concierge team by email at owners at ustrotting.com or by calling 877-800-8782, extension 5555. Embroidery Unlimited is a premier provider of quality embroidery, screen printing, and promotional products. Our commitment to quality and pride in our work is second to none. We focus on quality and customer service. For all of your stable or business needs, Embroidery Unlimited is the number one provider in harness racing. Give Jim Winsky a call at 508-485-5522. That's 508-485-5522. Or visit them on the internet at EmbroideryUNL.com. That's EmbroideryUNL.com. Embroidery Unlimited. Of this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America, Mike Carter alongside of Mike Bozich and Mike. I had to had to bring us back with uh, the country music bumper just because of uh, what you said just a couple of minutes ago. Yeah, we know when you're running the studio because that's when all the country music bumpers come out of the woodwork. <laughs> that's right. Well, we're joined now by Canadian driver Nick Stewart. Nick, welcome to the program, my friend. Yeah, thank you very much. Nick, uh, this is your first time on Post Time with Mike and Mike. Uh, we know uh, you've won about 1,800 races, but uh, talk to us a little bit about kind of how you got into the sport of harness racing and uh, what brought you to be a driver. Well, uh, all my family's in the business, and I always uh, hung around my grandfather, Larry Fitzsimmons, uh, growing up and trained horses since I was like 10 years old. And I kind of always wanted to drive, and uh, once I got to my 18th birthday, I uh, – my uh, driver's test and uh, yeah 
Now, Nick, I remember you from uh, I was at we were talking a little bit off the air yesterday, and I was at Hazel Park for quite a while up until about 2012. And I remember, and, and you drove a little bit at Hazel Park, not too much. I primarily remember you uh, driving at the Windsor Raceway. R.I.P. Really loved the Windsor Raceway. Talk a little bit about uh, that point in your career, kind of getting started at uh, at Windsor. Yeah, uh, Windsor was one of the first tracks that I raced at, and I actually really liked racing there. Uh, it was a good track, and, uh, I mean, it was pretty good racing to, you know, learn how to drive and everything. And uh, I started going to Hazel there for a couple Canadian-based trainers and uh, did really well over there and uh, just kind of, I think it all helped me, uh, you know, learning how to drive on the 5.8 small tracks. Now, Nick, obviously there are a ton of tracks in Canada. You've got half miles, you've got five-eighths, you've got uh, seven-eighths tracks. Uh, do your driving style on each of the tracks kind of defer a little bit, or is it kind of the same when you go to each track? Uh, no, they definitely change a bit because at London with the turn so tight, you kind of got to get positioned unless there's, you know, big fractions or whatever. And then on the five-eighths, uh, you know, you can work from behind a little bit better and, uh, you know, your driving style kind of changes on the bigger track for sure. Uh, but at London, definitely you want to get into the mix. Yeah, certainly. And you are the leading driver currently at uh, Western Fair at London as of, uh, I think it was February 6th, uh, is when the last uh, the last printed driver's sheet was out. You had 28 wins. I think you might have a couple more uh, than that now. But uh, your UDRS is somewhere in the ballpark of uh, 343 or a couple of wins ahead of uh, Scott Colt, who's having a pretty good meet as well. Uh, what's, uh, tell us a little bit about London. Tell us a little bit about your hot streak that you're currently on. Are you just uh, Is it all the horsepower, or are you just kind of in the zone right now? I think a little bit of both i mean definitely getting good drives and uh you know things are working out you know when you're on a hot streak you kind of can do no wrong you know you always kind of end up in the right position and everything kind of works out perfectly and then when you're on a cold streak you know nothing kind of goes right kind of thing but uh, at the moment everything's kind of going right Mick, obviously, uh, there are a ton of big and grand circuit races throughout North America and, of course, in uh, Canada. Talk to us uh, about a couple of races maybe that you would like to see yourself winning, and where do you kind of see yourself over the next uh, few years? Um, I just hope to improve and, uh, you know, try to take it day by day kind of and try to, you know, I would like to go to the bigger track and get to Mohawk, but uh, – you know, I'm quite content where I am right now and try to get more stake drives and racing the, you know, big money events kind of and go from there kind of thing. All right, Nick Stewart. Well, Nick, listen, we certainly appreciate you joining us, my friend, leading driver at Western Fair, uh, 343 UDRS right now. And we kind of broke this news to Brett McDonald as far as his career earnings as he's approaching the $1 million market career earnings. But you have just surpassed a little bit of a milestone in your own right. You just passed $9 million in career earnings, $9,027,000. Is, uh, is that something that you knew, or is that uh, kind of like, Brett, that's something you just kind of keep in the background? No, I no, I didn't really know that. I know I'm kind of – I think I'm just over 1,800 wins. I'm hoping to get to 2,000 this year. That would be uh, that'd be good. All right, fantastic. Well, Nick, we certainly appreciate you joining us, buddy. Uh, best of luck uh, in the future, and uh, we'll see if we can stay atop the standings at Western Fair.
Yeah, thank you very much, guys. All right, that was driver Nick Stewart, leading driver at the Western Fair. And, Mike, we've uh, been handicapping in our Handicappers Corner Western Fair on Mondays and Tuesdays, and Nick Stewart is always a name that you have to keep an eye out for. Listen, leave him out, I dare you. That's really what it comes down to. Leave him out, I dare you. I mean, you've got to sit there and really look at uh, his horses. Uh, and uh, I'll tell you what, he's one heck of an up-and-coming driver, and he does a heck of a job uh, steering a horse. I got to tell you, over the last, uh, I don't know about Tuesday, but I know on Monday, because I handicap Western Fair on Mondays for the website. You handicap on Tuesdays. And I know on Monday, I suffered so many bad beats. I didn't even know how many bad beats you could actually suffer on a card. But uh, I, I suffered about four or five of them on Monday. Wait, listen, is, is, like I mean, have a I'm talking about in, I'm talking about inches. And listen, until you have a twenty thousand dollar bad beat, I don't want to hear it. Okay, but uh, no. yeah, well, that was a no beat. Okay, listen, if <laughs> here's the thing, here's the thing about Western Fair. Okay, if you're watching on TV, which of course the majority of the people that are wagering on racetracks now they watch on TV. If you think if you've got a horse on the inside and there's a horse coming on the outside and they hit the wire together, and it looks like the outside horse has won, and you've got the inside horse, don't tear up your ticket. Yes, I agree. I could agree with that statement, yes. <laughs> there is Listen, a big... Like, you North- get, I've gotten caught at the wire so many times, it's not even funny. Well, like Northfield Park has got that huge outside advantage, as you well know, where if it, if it looks like the horse is maybe a half a head up on the inside uh, as they cross the wire, it's a little bit of a... I don't know, an optical illusion because the outside horse seems to have the advantage. Like Yonkers, the outside, it, not so much anymore because they changed the view, but before that old camera angle, the outside had a really, really big advantage. At Western Fair, the insides got a huge advantage. I mean, there were times where I thought the outside horse won by a full neck and, and uh, the inside horse up top. So if you got that inside horse and you, and you lose by a neck or less, you know, make sure you check the results and certainly don't check, check tear your tickets. That's why they listen. That's why they tell you to you always check your tickets, check your tickets before you leave the window and hold all tickets until the results are official. Yeah. Yeah. You say that about 14 times a night, don't you? Listen, about 15 or 16. And I'd say it on purpose because I work in a mutuals department and I know <laughs> too many times. You don't know how many times I've seen it where we've got an inquiry and somebody threw their ticket down thinking, oh, the horse isn't going to get disqualified. All of a sudden, the horse gets disqualified, and now all of a sudden they want their ticket. And so uh, that's why, that's why I, kind of, I kind of push it a little bit more uh, than, uh, than most announcers because, you know, I, I, I've seen it happen both ways. All right. In the on-deck circle, you're ready to step up to the plate. is trainer Tony Alani. He's an O'Brien Award winner. We're going to talk about his pacing superstars. Stay hungry. Plus, the Wizard is coming up at 11.15. You don't want to miss the Wizard. Believe me. You've got post time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Back in a flash. New Vocations Resource Adoption Program. Retrain. Rehab. Rehome. New Vocations focuses on adoption as the optimal solution for the large numbers of horses that leave the track each year. The program provides rehabilitation and transitional training to prepare the horses for a productive life beyond racing. Each horse is evaluated for temperament, soundness, and suitability to help ensure a successful adoptive match. New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program, celebrating 25 years 
and over 6,000 horses placed. Learn more at newvocations.org. Looking to bet on great racing from around the country and around the world? There's no better place than BetAmerica.com. But there's also no better time to join because right now we're offering a 100% sign-up bonus up to $100 on your first deposit. Simply open a new account at BetAmerica, make your first deposit, and we'll add your bonus immediately. It's It's that easy. easy. Sign up today at BetAmerica.com. Back on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Mike Bozich, along with Mike Carter, right now, it's time to bring in trainer Tony Alania, an O'Brien Award uh, winner. Tony, how are you, sir? Doing great, thanks. How are you two today? Uh, doing fantastic. All right, Tony, how's the? You're down in Florida, I believe. You're you're down by the deck. How's the weather down there? Make us jealous. Oh, beautiful day today. 80, uh, 82 degrees already. Sun's out. We've had incredible, incredible weather. Man, how do you do it? I just don't know how you make it sometimes it's, down there. It's, it's tough. It's tough. <laughs> I know. All right, let's talk a little bit about uh, your, one of your pacing superstars, Stay Hungry, an O'Brien Award winner. Uh, and uh, this guy was $150,000 yearling purchase at Lexington. So let's start from square one. What did you guys What did you guys see in him to, to want to plunk down 150 k he was uh, he was a nice size, medium, uh, very correct. I had had the brother the year before, Adzan Del Rey, and I had a lot of hopes for that colt. Uh, he had some breathing issues at the end of his two-year-old year, coming back at three. Um, hopefully, uh, his last start at Chester, he was back where we thought he should have been. Uh, so hopefully, he comes back good at four. But with the pedigree on Stay Hungry and the individual and his video. You know, he had uh, all the things that uh, we look for when we're looking for a uh, 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 racehorse, hopefully a stallion prospect. Now, listen, Tony, uh, Mike told me that uh, when I come down there in a couple of weeks that you, you were going to let me go a training trip with Stay Hungry. So I'll have to hold you to that. OK, <laughs> I'm totally kidding. Yeah, by the way. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> but uh, whatever horse I send you out on, I'm going to tell you to stay hungry. How's that? <laughs> <laughs> that'll, that that'll work. Tony, uh, what's what's his offseason kind of uh, kind of been like? Uh, I know he was kind of shut down after the Breeders' Crown, but uh, what's what's Stay Hungry kind of doing right now uh, we- in the offseason? Yeah, we uh, we raced him uh, through the Governor's Cup. We took him back to the Meadowlands, and he was second, beat a, beat a nose to uh, Lost in Time. And then the following day, we shipped him to Chris Coyle's farm in the Carolinas. Uh, they did a tremendous job. He was turned out there till till the middle of January, and then he came back down here to us in Florida, and, and uh, he looks incredible. So really looks good, doing great great flesh and uh just started uh training the other day turning the other day first time tony let's uh let's go through that two-year-old season with uh stay hungry a little bit now obviously he started uh very well he won his uh first three and uh, was on his way to the to the metro and and uh made a nice middle move uh in the metro and, and kind of tired towards the end and then uh, went on to break and his next started lexington but if i remember sure. correctly if I remember correctly, there was uh, some issues between the uh, b- between uh, short, the week leading up to the Metro, wasn't there? 
Yes, yes. After the Metro elimination, I mean, he was he was just sparkling in his elimination, and we pulled his blood on Monday like we always do any any state course that's uh, coming back in between elimination and the final, and he showed uh, that he had tied up the night that he'd won his Metro elimination. So we started treating that, you know, right away. We trained him back on Wednesday. We tra- pulled his blood again, and his numbers were even higher. I mean, they were they were higher higher than they should have been uh, with all that we had done. So, you know, we continued to treat him throughout the week. And when we raced him in the Metro final, his numbers were in a comfortable range to race him. But I think, you know, between all the medication and, you know, the muscle cramping that he experienced us the week in between elimination and the final, it just took a lot out of him. So, you know, after that, we brought him back to uh, Lexington, got him ready there for the first uh first first start there and uh he ran up on the horse in front of him when the horse pulled outside of him he just got a little a little excited and he ran up on the horse in front of him and he and he hit the bike and made a break so you know now i'm stuck with two bad starts going into breeder's crown and i talked to brad grant and i said we really need a race in this horse that uh we know we're okay and he needs some work because i said he didn't get any good work in his race at lexington because he made a break so we took him over and we raced him in the, I believe it's the Monument Circle, they call it. We raced him in that, and uh, he was uh, he was back to his old self. Definitely needed the race because I thought he was a little short down by the wire. And then, you know, he put together two great races, Breeders' Crown Elimination, Breeders' Crown Final. Yeah, tell us, uh, take us through uh, that Breeders' Crown race a little bit. I know it's always a thrill to, uh, to win a Breeders' Crown. They say it all comes down to the crown. Take us through that race a little bit. Yeah, I mean, it, uh, he was so good in his elimination. You know, I felt very good going into the final. He had a great week in between. Uh, you know, and everything was uh, working out to where he landed. I thought he landed in a good spot. Um, when uh, Yannick went in or went out with his horse, and then he went back in, and then uh, he went back out again in the last turn, you know, Doug felt confident. The horse felt good. So, you know, he didn't try to back him into cover. Again, he just left him three wide, which, as you all know, watching a lot of racing at Hoosier, to be three wide where he was at in the turn and to get there for the win and the Breeders' Crown against that class of horses is, is not something you see every day. I thought it was a phenomenal effort to keep trucking to get the win, and, uh, you know, we couldn't have been happier and prouder of the horse's effort. Now, Tony, do you have kind of a schedule kind of mapped out for Stay Hungry in 2018, or is it kind of uh, you'll listen to him and kind of see where it goes? Yeah, we'll listen to him and uh, see where it goes. You know, the you know the good thing about this is, you know, having had uh, you know Captain Treacherous and Art Speak and and Racing Hill, you know, there's a there's a pretty good format there laid out for us already. We just kind of need to let him tell us where he's at. But uh, you know, it'll be a very similar schedule. We might go PA Sires first first start, uh, then Sun Beach somewhere. Uh, we may or may not go to the Sun Beach somewhere based on what we think he needs fitness wise you know, and then shoot for the North America Cup elimination and hopefully final. You know, it's a tough six weeks there, which uh, was very tough on a horse like Art Speak, you know, because they go six weeks in a row between the North America Cup, the Hempt, and the Meadowlands Pace. So, you know, we just kind of have to manage our horse where we think he's best and uh, and uh, let him tell us. You know, taking a snapshot of that two-year-old season, obviously with that short uh short troublesome stretch there uh he was really really good obviously what do you think uh stay hungry has to do what do you think he has to learn from being a from a two-year-old trans transferring to a three-year-old uh you know to have success during his three-year-old campaign what's the biggest improvement you think he's got to make 
I think the good thing about the, this horse is, or one of the, the sources, the fact that, you know, when he went to Canada last year, he went from not winners of one to winning the Champlain to winning the Metro Elimination as third lifetime start. And I think that is a real, you know, a real tribute to this horse's intelligence. Like he knows what he's doing. He's a quick learner. He's very, very versatile, you know, which is, uh, you know, such an important trait. He's the kind of horse that you can wind up off the gate and get to the front and then he'll let you go completely. He's the kind of horse you can take right off the gate. I mean, he's going to be so versatile, which is so important for a three-year-old going to battle which reminds me a lot of, you know, what we had with Captain Treacherous. You know, Captain Treacherous, you could wind up, and then he'd go a quarter in 30 seconds if you wanted to. Uh, you know, and I think that's the versatility is what makes a great three-year-old because they have to have – you have to go start up and stop and start up and stop so many times based on what's going on in the race. But if they don't have that trait, then it makes it very tough for them to be a great horse because they, they, they expend too much energy. Now, for those of you that don't follow uh, Tony Alanya or Alanya Racing on Facebook or Twitter, Tony's been uh, putting up some videos lately of training, and you see you're training some of those uh, two-year-olds. you got that really nice guy. I, I love those sulky shots where you put the little GoPro cameras in there, and, you, and it's like you're driving right in the sulky. But I see you've been training some. Tell us a little bit about uh, some of the other horses that, uh, that are in training or that could make an impact this year. Yeah, I'm I'm really happy with my two-year-old bunch. Uh, you know, I'm trying to be a tough critic uh, because everybody asks, how do I like the captains? And, uh, you know, I've got 20 in training, and, I mean, I'm really, really happy with them. And, uh, like I say, everybody's going to expect me to be happy with them because I had the horse. But, uh, you know, I just couldn't be more pleased with where they're at right now. And uh, we're going to do a lot more of the GoPro footage because I think it's a great perspective for uh, for a fan or for somebody that's never been behind a horse to see what it's like. So, the set of Colts we trained the other day with the GoPro are four Captain Treacherouses, uh, one out being out of American Jewel, and uh, you know one being out of Fresh Idea, Sister to Better's Up that won the uh, the one Brian the other night as well. So I'm really happy with the group. Um, they haven't really separated yet, which is okay. I don't expect them to this early, but you know there's a couple there that I feel like uh, really have a lot of upside. All right, fantastic. Well, Tony, listen, we certainly appreciate you joining us. And if Carter does appear on your doorstep, please make sure that uh, he, he stay hungry is far, far away from him, will you? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> All right, give, listen, just give him one of the old, give him one of the 16, 17-year-olds to, to take around the track. You'll never know the difference. That's right. I've got the perfect horse in mind. <laughs> <laughs> one that can't go over five miles an hour, preferably. That's right. That's Tony, right. we You'll appreciate never be it. Never jeopardy Thank you. going too fast. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right, Tony. All right, thanks so much. All right, that Thank was you. all right. That was Tony Alanya, uh, trainer of Stay Hungry, who I can't wait to watch a racist three-year-old season. And uh, Mike, and I know you were you were busy uh, screening our man there, but but uh, and I don't know how much you heard, but he is going to let you jog pure con- uh, not pure country, uh, Stay Hungry around the racetrack. So I got that. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, 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 right. Yeah, listen, if he puts me behind Stay Hungry, I'll give him a hundred dollar bill. Uh, I wouldn't put me behind Stay Hungry, but. I will say this, uh, me, uh, Peter Aiello, and uh, Gabe Pruitt, uh, we have some plans to kind of meet down at the Nick Zurich stable and kind of, you know, sit behind a couple horses. Uh, Peter Aiello's been uh, been sitting down there. I think he's betting 1,000 for everyone that he sat behind, Mike, has won the next start out. So, uh, so maybe uh, that's an angle we need to start looking at. 
Are you kidding? It is the hottest angle in harness racing handicapping right now. Is the Aiello <laughs> jog and then off angle. I love it. I'm telling you, you want to keep an eye out for that. But, uh, uh, yeah, so certainly thanks to Tony. Can't wait to see Stay Hungry Race in his three-year-old campaign. I'll tell you, I was really impressed with him as a two-year-old. And, and he had that rocky stretch. He had the two bad race lines there, but obviously excuses for both of them. And uh, if you take those two lines out, I mean, you know, it's, it's pretty much victories all across. Yeah, definitely. It'll be interesting to see uh, kind of what the rigorous schedule is like for uh, Stay Hungry this year. He's right. That that stake schedule for three-year-olds is, I mean, just gr- grueling as it is um, over the about eight or ten weeks uh, from the Pepsi North America Cup all the way through the Carl Milstein Memorial out at Northfield Park. It's uh, a grueling, grueling schedule, but uh, I'll tell you what, some of the best three-year-olds have uh, handled it with class and poise. You saw what Down by the Seaside and Fear the Dragon did last year, so it'll be interesting to see uh, what that uh, stake schedule kind of shapes up to be like this year. Yeah, we talked about the two-year-olds. We'll be getting a look at the captains coming up towards the end of this year, so very excited about that. But we come back. It's our Inside Handicapping segment presented by our good friends at Midwest Harness Report. It's the Wizard. AC Midland will be joining us. And also, uh, Mike, you're going to have to remind me, because I'm I'm scared I'm going to forget to draw for that hat. We've got a name that we have to draw uh, for the hat uh, from the people that signed up for our uh, mailing list. So got to make sure you remind me about that, Mike, because I'm getting forgetful in my old age. You know that. Yeah, I know. Trust me. You don't have to remind me. And I actually have it written down, but I can't read my handwriting either. So that's <laughs> strike two. But we well, come back. Listen, it's, yeah. It, it, well, listen, you know, you're going to have to get that straight because uh, when it, when tax time comes in a couple of weeks, uh, we're going to need to be able to re- read all those zeros that you're going to have to put on my paycheck. Yeah, yeah, all the negatives. When we come back, it's The Wizard on Post Time with Mike and Mike presented by Ben America. Twelve championship races. One spectacular night. And Father Patrick going to coast home a champion here. Breeders Crown 2018 coming to the Downs at Mohegan Sun Pocono. Pitching up the rail. Modern legend there. Foils again. Dead game. Clear vision right on the outside. Pit Rock on the inside. Photo finish. Foils again and Pit Rock together. Are you a student looking to log volunteer hours or just someone interested in spending free time giving back in your local community? Pacing for the Cure could use your help. We need volunteers at local events to help with fundraising and to assist with the annual dinner party planning activities. Please email Janine at pacingforthecure.org for more information. Again, that's Janine at pacingforthecure.org. Mike? Pacing for the Cure annual sponsorship opportunities are available on the pacingforthecure.org website under the donor tab. Choose your sponsorship level or customize your own sponsorship package. This is a great time to reserve a table sponsorship at the annual Pacing for the Cure fundraising dinner party in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania in November. As always, there will be great food, entertainment, and prizes at the annual event. Visit pacingforthecure.org. This edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America. Mike Carter alongside of Mike Bozich. We're joined now by The Wiz, the uh, track handicapper at Miami Valley Gaming. What's going on, Pacey? 
Are you doing the parade? Are you you on a street corner or something? (laughs) No, Mike might be, but no, I am not doing any parades here in Cleveland, that's for sure. (laughs) I just thought maybe he was doing the parade. I don't know. Well, listen, we got it. Well, hold on a second, Wizard. We got a parade today in Philadelphia. Of course, the Philadelphia Eagles winning the Super Bowl. But, yeah, I mean – but unless unless uh, unless they have a parade for teams that go 0 16 every year, I don't think there'll be any parades in Cleveland. <laughs> <any time. laughs> well, hey, hey, yeah, Tony Tony Long is one of the good guys in the sport. He's the nicest guy I've known him for a long time, and he's a good guy. Well, Pacey, uh, let, let's talk a little bit. Uh, this is our inside handicapping segment. Uh, we've kind of been running with this over the past couple of weeks, and you are the track handicapper at Miami Valley Gaming. Uh, talk to us a little bit about how that came about and where in the world did the nickname The Wiz come from? It goes back to many, many years ago. You know, we all started over at Lebanon Raceway, and when uh, – I used to be a judge, you know. I, I, I was uh, I was one of the judges at the racetrack. And when the state of Ohio started to expand the wagering, Louis Carlo, who was a general manager at Running Lebanon, uh, he came to me and said, "You know," he said, "We need to, we need to do some things. Uh, the state wants us to expand the simulcasting." And he said. I don't know. He says, you know every, everything, you know, you know everybody. Why don't you start, why don't we start doing something? And this, I think, Roger Houston at the Meadows at the time was probably, the, I, this is going back in the 80s. And we started doing, I used to stand out when they had like the, uh, the Hackett race or things like that. Then I used to stand out in the middle of the racetrack and I, and I would interview the drivers and, and then I would uh, uh, give some picks. That's how it all started. Then when the one we would expand it more to the simulcast, we stuck a camera and an I-beam. And that's how it all started. And I don't know, we came up upon the name Wizard. And, uh, and that's how it stuck. And that, that's how many years it's been. Wizard, uh, let's talk a little bit about handicapping. Now, obviously, you handicap at uh, Miami Valley. Uh, tell us a little bit about some of your tips and tricks on how to pick winners. Pure luck. <laughs> no, I, I tell you what, I, I'm basically old school. Uh, you know, I've been doing I remember when I was a little kid going to the, the bookies when uh, they used to have the calls coming over a loudspeaker. And, and, I, and I learned, uh, that's how I really learned about betting. And, and, and then uh, it progressed. I, I like to look at current lines. Uh, uh, you know how they finished the last two races. I'm not one for going back. I I, I think you want to know what's happening right now, and uh, uh, that's how I look at things. I don't really go back. And when I make the picks, I make it off the proof. I do not do it with the drivers named. I just look at the race lines. And then I watch. Uh, I, I watch the, you know, watching the races. But basically, uh, I do it off the uh, proof without the drivers' names on it. Wizard, do you think now? 
in this day and age, you've got a lot of computer programs out there. You've got kind of like the new age handicappers that really look for a lot of different angles. They go way back in, in the past performance lines, maybe six, seven, eight starts back. You, you've got your driver angles and your trainer angles and your first time LASIK, just all kind of different angles that a lot of these new age handicappers, as I like to call them, kind of use. Do you think maybe that that's starting to get overdone a little bit and some of the fundamentals of handicapping start to get overlooked? I think it's overhyped. I mean, I, I really do think a lot of this stuff is a, it's a horse race. Anything can happen. A one to five shot can get can get beat. Anything can happen. You don't know how the horse is that particular day. He, do you feel a hundred percent every day? You just don't know. Uh, and uh, I think that 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 it, it's so. The horse doesn't get enough credit. It's what's between the shafts that counts. And, and, and I, I think that one thing about our sport that I, I just think that it's so driver-oriented. And and uh, something that, I mean, the thoroughbreds, any, uh, uh, is a little bit of, is, is is different. The better riders sure win at, at these tracks, but anything can happen. But our sport is so driver oriented. Now, PC, uh, one uh, one thing I notice, and uh, you you do handicapping at Miami Valley, but you also you know handicap at the Little Brown Jug. Uh, obviously, a half mile track, no passing lane. What kind of differences in handicapping um, when you're looking at the bigger, the smaller tracks? Are there any? And if there are, what are they? Well, you know, Miami Valley, you know, doesn't have a passing lane. See, you know, I've got my theory about a passing lane. Well, they said the horse needs a passing lane to get through. Why does he need a passing lane? Because he's not good enough to go on the outside and go in, in, go in. I, I mean, do they make excuses where well, you got to sit there and wait for the passing lane? I just think without a passing lane that the racing is much more competitive and it, 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 it makes these horses go out and, 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 and race. And if you watch, if you watch for Henry Valley, one thing about the track is that they pass late. The last 20 yards, you see, you see maybe a horse right there the other, the other day, one went from fifth to one out of three-leg lead. The last 20 yards went from first to fifth. I mean, there's so much passing down by by the wire. I've never been a, I've never been an, uh, an opponent for for the passing lane. I I I just think that the racing is better without the passing lane. Pacey Mindlin, the Wizard, joining us here on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented uh, by Bet America. Wiz, you've uh, obviously, you know, you've been around for quite a while. You've seen the likes of uh, Lebanon. I used to love that racetrack, by the way, owned by the Carlos for a long time. Of course, you now uh, own Northville Downs. But, uh, you know, Wiz, what are some of the the big – and I know we talked briefly about some of them. I mean, the game has become driver-oriented where, you know, you go back 20, 30, 40 years ago, the the concept of catch driver wasn't as popular as as it is now. But besides that, what are some of the biggest changes that you've seen in harness racing over the past 20 or 30 years? Biggest uh, uh, changes uh, I've seen is the bikes. I think the bikes. 
likes of change uh, uh, the sport. Uh, and the, the biggest trade, I mean, I, I remember uh, years ago, I remember when we, I had the first course I had, Lightning Wave. He qualified in, in, in 213 at the Red Mile. Today, uh, today, horses qualify, two-year-olds qualify in, in, in 55, uh, 56, the first time they're out. It, the, the, the speed and racing, the, it's, it, it, you know, let's compare it to basketball. Uh, you know, basketball years ago, you went down the floor, you threw four or five passes, and you set up and tried to go inside. Today, basketball is played the whole length of the floor. It's a whole... Racing today is all-out racing. I, I mean, everybody goes races the whole mile. It's it, it, it's it, it's it's just different in the, a strategy. Before you know, you used to race. You used to sit there with a stopwatch, watch the horse warm up, and look for the oh, this horse warmed up the last quarter in twenty-nine-two. Let's bet him. The other horse warmed up in thirty-one and one. Everybody used to race for the last quarter. It's all changed. Now, Wiz, if you were Harness Racing's commissioner or Harness Racing's czar or what have you for one day, what is something that you would do to help promote or uh, kind of build up or build back or bring back fans to the sport of Harness Racing? You know, this is kind of interesting. You know, last night I was up in Detroit. I was a friend of mine plays for the Detroit Pistons. And I watched what they did at the uh, – at the ball game, every every quarter or, or, or during timeouts, they had they had some action going on, and 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 we we what do we go to the race? I like to do what I do the show. I I goof around. I like to have fun. You know, picking horses. This is not it's not rocket science. I'm not doing brain surgery. I mean, we have to have fun doing it. And I, you take a look at the tote board. Our tote board, have we, the, the, the last night, that scoreboard they had, I don't know how many millions of dollars it, it, it cost, but it was an attraction to get people out. And, and different things were on it. You know, like, well, let's say when a long shot wins, we should have, like, fireworks. Or, 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 or we should have different things on, on our, our tote board to make it fun for the fan. And another thing about wagering, I really think that the biggest thing in casinos and in, in, in casinos is penny slots. You, I, you, you, but it's on the penny slot. It's fifty cents, seventy-five cents. And then when the, when the real rules it says you can get double payoffs. How about if the if the fan comes to the track, he makes a fifty cent win bet, a dollar win bet, and the ticket comes back, hey, it pays double. Seems like we have not changed how we wager in all these years, and we don't do anything to cultivate new people coming through the door because the new people go to the casinos and they play the slots because it's, it's exciting, and we don't make our sport exciting that you want to come. All right, one final question, Wiz, before we let you go. And uh, the couple of Wiz, couple of questions ago, uh, you were talking about the speed and how how you know the speed is certainly increased by a harness horse, uh, you know, from thirty forty years ago to now at the present. Um, do you think maybe 
like they do overseas where they extend the distances and have different distances of racing. Do you think that's something that could work over here as, as, uh, as opposed to just the straight mile distance? Yes. Yes, I do. I really think we should, we should start doing something to get, to get uh, uh, longer distances and, and maybe with the starting gate and maybe try uh uh, experimental uh, having races with uh, see I'm not, I would rather have instead of 14 races I'd rather have 10 or 12 maybe we should have 10 or 12 races more per, uh, a, little, a little bigger purse with more horses in there to make it more exciting I, I, I'm for trying uh, if, if, if it's a safety issue to see if we can have 12 horse fields all right, Wizard. Well, listen, we certainly appreciate you joining us, my friend. You can catch the Wizard at uh, Miami Valley. And uh, actually, I do have one final question for you. Where did Pace okay. Baby Pace come from? I made it up myself. That's beautiful. Pace Baby Pace is something I did myself, and I really think that we should adapt something to it nationally uh, because I, I, I think uh, like it, it gives you something that, that, that you can feed off of. But I want to say one thing about you guys. You guys are doing a tremendous thing for the sport. You're promoting the sport. You're doing, you're, you're, you're doing something that's really proactive. And I take my hat off to you because you guys are doing a good job. Well, Wiz, we certainly appreciate you joining us. And uh, pace, baby, pace, my friend. Anytime, boys. All right. That was the wizard, the one and only wizard, Pacey Midland. And uh, I'll tell you what, you know, he's a very excitable guy. He's got, you know, some ideas. And uh, ideas are good. I, You know, one thing certainly, you know, especially when it comes to our sport where we certainly need something. I mean, we need some kind of infusion. It's good for people to have ideas, and uh, Pacey doesn't have a shortage of them. Not one bit, and I'll tell you what an interview that was. That was that was a lot of fun, and you know uh, he's got some great you know great ideas, and his handicapping style is kind of interesting. Mike, look over the past couple of races and kind of forget about uh, what the horse has done uh, previously. That's uh, that's an interesting angle. That's for sure. You know, when we, when, when I'll tell you what, Mike, when you get into the grind of harness racing, and I mean, you know, you work in management, you know, I've worked in management for 10 years, you know, and you get to the grind of trying to promote the sport and trying to do different things for the sport, and you get into handicapping, and you really crunch the numbers, and just in every facet of the game, every once in a while, you have to step back, and you have to remind yourself that this game is fun. Am I right? <clears throat> Fun? What, what's that? No, no, I'm, I'm totally kidding. Totally kidding. You got it. You do have to remind yourself of that when you go to the racetrack. And you know, I've been to the racetrack with people, Mike, and they lose and they get down on themselves and they, you know, they they get really disgruntled. And you know, if you bring forty, fifty, a hundred bucks to the racetrack, yeah, it stinks if you lose. But at the same time, if you're not having a good time, win or win, lose or draw then then what's where's the fun in it um this is kind of a hobby for some of us and uh if you don't have fun then uh you know what's the point of going i still think that you know my biggest thing about racing and i know that a lot of people have a lot of different ideas we've talked about this before and we're not going to spend too much time just a couple more minutes and we got to wrap things up we've got a newsletter to get out by the way but yeah uh, that's right 
but but you know what? Real quick though, fan education, in my opinion, is the missing link. Now I'm going to tell you, and in, in, in Hazel Park, you've seen it. You pack that apron. We packed that apron with three, four, five thousand people, and it did not take much to do it. We started a dot. This was back in I think maybe 2008. We started this. We started with a dollar night. And uh, $2.16 ounce draft beers. We did some drawings for some Detroit Tiger tickets. That's when the Tigers started getting good there for the for that couple of years stretch. Uh, we did some other drawings. We started to do uh, rides in the starting gate. I mean, just all kind of different things. We put in an outdoor bar. And I'll tell you what, on Friday and Saturday nights, we packed that place. I mean, you, you saw it, Mike. You two, three, four thousand people there. Um, the only thing is, is that the handle really didn't go up all that much comparative to compared to what it was before we had the dollar nights. And the reason is, is because these people initially they're there for the party. Okay. There just happens to be races going on, but they're there for the $2 beers. They're there for the social aspect of it. You know, whatever the guys might be there for the girls and the girls might be there for the guys. However, (laughs) what my, my, my thing is, and this is where I think the missing link is Mike. How do we get these people on our property that are there? How do we get them interested enough to start learning about wagering or learning about owning a horse? How do we get these people that may come three or four times a year? How do we get them to come back eight or nine times a year? How do we get them people more interested? That's where I don't think we do a good enough job as, as an industry because uh, the we we these people they walk in they have questions and when they walk out they have just as many questions as they walk in about wagering or owning or what what exactly is going on and everything well, I, I don't think we do a good enough job at, at that. Well, no, that makes total sense. I mean, you brought up Hazel Park. What a great example. I mean, I called a couple of uh, thoroughbred cards there, and when they turned for home, you would have thought Arrogate, California Chrome, or American Faro was in front because the crowd went absolutely nuts. And I, I think uh, you're, you're spot on. We've got to educate people. We've got to educate the public. And, you know, these new owner seminars, they don't really – get a whole bunch of people but there's reasons behind that there's not you know hawthorne is doing a fantastic job uh you know promoting this um stable versus stable and kind of the part owner of the horse and type of thing and i i think we need more of that uh i think we need more of that in uh, uh our sport you know i don't think there's anything in between mike i think that's the problem okay that's why i don't think handicapping seminars and owners seminars work as good as they should because okay say for example you've got somebody new that's walking in the front door they're not right away going to go to a handicapping seminar or an owner seminar i mean a lot of times mike they don't even know where the horses start and where the horses finish they don't know how they don't know what the horses that are jogging in between races are doing they don't know what the odds mean they don't really know anything and you know it's it's unfair to ask them people right away to oh go to an owner's seminar oh go to a handicapping seminar there's the big block of basic information that we as an industry are missing out i think to to uh, try to inform these people of and i think that's you know i think there's just a great divide there and i think we just have to do better to inform people about the basics of our sport that that's 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 my thing and who knows maybe maybe as post time with mike and mike continues to expand maybe we'll get maybe we'll get into that business as well (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> listen, we we got a lot of business. It, listen, Thursdays are busy enough as it is. Okay, Let, let's move that to like Monday or Tuesday. Well, there's only two of us, right? Yeah, <laughs> so that's, right. Have to... that's right. Currently, yes. 
Yeah, we might have to get we might have to get well, we do have a staff. We've got Jessica and Garnett and, and Taylor and the natural Rich Matei and, and Tom Daly and you know. Um but anyway, uh so we certainly appreciate uh, the Wiz joining us and uh, we're gonna take one final time out. Uh we do want to remind somebody really quick of, of one thing. This uh, EH uh EHB Rhino thing is still going on at the Meadows. It's and uh now there's a couple of forces I believe that te- tested positive in Ohio. And uh, as a matter of fact, I actually toyed with the idea, but um, we just we just simply didn't have the time today. But if you go back to the archive of last week's show, uh, we had uh, Dr. Eliza Simeone from uh, the Pennsylvania Department of Agriculture. Give that a listen uh, still. I think that still rings really, really important as this EHB rhino thing continues to uh, uh, expand, if you will. I hate to say that, boy, but uh, – you know, a really good interview, really good things about what you can do. There's also some stuff on the USTA about what you can do to kind of, uh, you know, kind of just contain that thing. I mean, we, we can't let this get out of hand anymore, Mike. I'll tell you, this is this is starting to get scary. Yeah, definitely it is. And, uh, you know, it's uh, a little too close for comfort, uh, so to speak. Uh, it's right in our backyard uh, towards uh, southern Ohio. So, you know, we just got to kind of – you know, keep our eyes open, let things, uh, you know, try to try to get this thing cleaned up and uh, get back to normal, get back to racing. I told somebody the other day, it's almost like, you know, how the flu is running rampant in humans. This is almost like this is running rampant in horses on the other side of it. So uh, it's kind of interesting. All right. When we come back, we're going to take one final time out. When we come back, we're going to draw for the post time with Mike and Mike Hat. I remembered, Mike. Can you believe it? It's <laughs> there you go. It's Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented uh, by Bet America. Back in a minute. Have you checked out the new Meadowlands Racing and Entertainment? The Meadowlands features world-class harness racing every Friday and Saturday night, beginning at 635. You can dine in pink, a restaurant that combines tiered dining with amazing views of the racing from every seat in the house. After the races, stop by Victory Sports Bar and Club, where you can bring the action and vitality of all your favorite live sporting events to an upscale place. Victory boasts 40 HD TVs, including 11 big screens for your viewing pleasure. For more information on live racing or to book your reservation, call 201-THE-BIG-M or visit PlayMetalands.com. At BetAmerica, we don't do promotions only for new players. As a regular player at BetAmerica.com, you can take advantage of several promotions each week. Go to BetAmerica.com slash extra and visit our promotions calendar and find out how you can get double wager reward points on our featured tracks. It's just another reason why it's time to play the BetAmerica way. All right, back on post time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America. Wrapping things up, don't forget uh, to uh, stay tuned to our social media pages and our website, post time with Mike and Mike.com. It's our newsletter coming out at five, around five o'clock today, maybe a little bit earlier. Uh, so make sure you check that out. Also, if you haven't signed up for our mailing list, make sure you do so. All you have to do is email Mike at post time with Mike and Mike.com. We'll get you signed up and uh, you'll be getting uh, just some great things, some show information. We'll email you that newsletter. Uh, Advertising rates, Mike, we just put up some uh, good advertising rates out there if you're interested in uh, going that route. A lot of different things. Contest information. We've got uh, a contest that we're going to be announcing uh, coming up here in uh, maybe about a week or so uh, for the uh, George Morton Levy. So you're going to want to stick around for that. Lots and lots going on in the post time with Mike and Mike Brand. But, uh, Mike, let me get you a little bit of a drum roll. Do you have that lucky winner? Yes, I do. We're ready to go. All right. 
All right, here you go. Now, if you you might be able to hear this, you might not be able to hear this, but I'm going to try to wing it here on the good old table. So here we go. The winner is and the winner is Elizabeth uh, Cheeseman from Winback Farm. Uh, she All gets right. the congratulations uh, with Mike and Mike Hat. All right, Elizabeth, if you're listening, uh, send us your address, and we'll get that uh, post time with Mike and Mike hat out to you very, very quickly. Well, we certainly appreciate everybody joining us, Mike, uh, on this edition of Post Time with MikeToMike.com. Once again, the newsletter comes out tonight at 5 o'clock. And uh, do we want to tip anything, Mike? I'll leave that to you, buddy, because you got the front end story this week. We're going to keep everybody in suspense. Yeah, why not? Let's keep everybody uh, in in suspense. And uh, actually, we've got a – Listen, we've got a um, we've we've got a little bit of a breaking story, real quick. Uh, Hawthorne has canceled their live racing program uh, for tonight, and they have just issued this statement. They said, due to the impending storm, the entries for Sunday will remain open until tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. The Thursday card, as drawn, will be incorporated into Saturday's card, which we will add additional races. In the event the Friday card is canceled, which has not officially yet been decided, it shall be incorporated into Sunday's card. As this is a special circumstance, some of the Saturday events may be moved to Sunday, as well as some of the Sunday events may be moved to Saturday. So if you're a horseman in Illinois and uh, or a gambler for that, uh, please, please, please pay attention over the next uh, couple of days. Yeah, and uh, we had uh, Angie Coleman on the show a couple of weeks ago, and uh, I was watching on Facebook, and her friend Peyton Odie said the uh, due to the cancellation, the poker games at his apartment at 5 o'clock. <laughs> that, that's right. That's right. Well, for all of us here on Post Time with Mike and Mike, uh, thanks to everybody who came on the show today and uh, kind of represented their brand, uh, Brett McDonald, Pacey Midland, uh, Tony Alanya, the trainer, stay hungry. Driver Nick Stewart, thanks to everybody for taking time out of their busy, busy morning to listen to our program. We'll see everybody here next Thursday. First post is 10:30. Good night. I know who wants to take me home. I know.